Right. Hospital. Do you like it? It's a safe haven. Always? No, sometimes it feels as though you have to... You have to be there um, to get the help you need. So what exactly happens to you when you go? Um, you're assessed. We go away and talk to people. And they decide whether you need to be admitted or not. And every time I've done that, I've been admitted. Right. And what's the longest time you've spent? Four and a half months. Really? When was that? 2014. Is that when I met you? Yeah, my first time. It was fun, though. It was fun at the time. <laughs> and do you think... Being in there at that time helped? Yeah, I think so. If I had to be out, I probably would have had a all-time party. Mm. With deathly consequences, perhaps. Yeah. But it's a bit of a party sometimes, as it was in Hermitage Ward. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> because you're... You're in that mode where nothing bothers you, your behaviour. Um, Were you scared? No, I wasn't scared. My first, the admission for that was 2013. And I lost my mind for three weeks. I didn't know where I was or anything like that. That was quite a short stay. That was before I got diagnosed. Right. And I was in in 2001 for five weeks, but I never got a diagnosis. I just got laid out just to live in the community. And then the four and a half months day was, um, I wasn't sleeping, I wasn't eating, I was shivering four times a day, um, changing my clothes, getting dressed up, full face of makeup, thinking that I was going clubbing. <laughs> Had music in every, every, in the kitchen, in the sitting room, in my room. I had music on everywhere. You went to sleep with music on. Yes. And music was the only thing that got me through. Hmm. And the staff are okay about that. Staff used to say, "Can you tone it down a wee bit?" Um. I think the more manic you are, the more louder you are. Yeah. But how many people are in that ward? 16 or something? 14? 16. Four, four bed dorms. And, and single two rooms. Single, two single rooms. I got a single room. I remember that. And that bloody Janice used to creep about at night mm -hmm. and steal everything. You'd wake up in the fags in the morning. I mean, Linda Lothian went in with an epileptic fit. She came back to an empty drawer. Janice had eaten all her food and smoked all her fags because she was worried about her. Do you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> it's not even funny, but it is funny. <laughs> remember, in Some the toilet, oh, no. in the disabled toilet, how many people were in there smoking? Four? Four, five. Aye. 
and they shout, come out, get the cigarettes out. And you see a big puffy smoke <laughs> coming through the toilets and there'd be a queue waiting to get in. <laughs> but I mean, that, for where I was in my life then to where I am now, oh, it's, it's like night and day. Yeah. And I was just admitted there, as you know, in January and... Um, I took myself up to the hospital. Yeah. Um, so I knew I was going higher. I knew by day four, night four, with no sleep. I've never had that option. That there's something, something was obviously getting triggered, and that's when, when they said I was hypermanic. Yeah. If I'd not been and got the help I did, I would have ended up in a full-blown manic. Whereas consequences, because your inhibitions go out the window, yeah. you think you're untouchable, and you just want to party. I mean, me being in recovery for drinking drugs, that was something that I didn't want to do. It was relapse, so no. that's why I took myself up, which is a good thing. And I think it was a better time for you, the fact that it was in lockdown. Mm -hmm. You didn't have that going outside, mingling with other patients, partying atmosphere. Mm -hmm. You were sort of locked in. Mm -hmm. with a group of other people and there was a good group in when you were in, wasn't there? Yep. Just difficult that you didn't really get to see your family. Yep, there was no visitors allowed at all. You weren't even allowed out. I think I got one half hour walk before I got half an hour passes. Um, and you, you were told you must not go within two metres of another person outside, even if you know them. If you know that you've known them for coming in out the hospital for years, um, it was really strict. It was quite difficult that day actually, because you weren't allowed to do it at all. No, I know. But I got through it, and I came to the other side of it, and they decided it was time for me to get out. And before I went in, I was depressed. Yeah. I wasn't coming out of my bed, I was getting things delivered in, I wasn't showering, I wasn't doing anything. And then, boom, overnight, a manic appeared. But you've not really had the support you should have had since you came out, really, have you? You've been told you'll see your doctor at the end, well, the beginning of May. Yeah. Aye, but I think, I've seen my CPN, I've just seen her on Friday, and they're quite happy with things, things at the way they're going. Hmm. And she's going to refer me for um, peer support and other individuals that have got mental health. So she was doing that when I left on Friday, so probably here this week for her. Yeah. And I think it definitely helps when you're in that state to have somebody that's been through it. Mm -hmm. Because nurses and doctors can only really do the drugs and monitor your behaviour. Mm -hmm. It's all about fitting back into the community and giving something back. And over the years I've had support workers that used to come because I couldn't go out my front door or they would come and support me and take me out if I needed the shops and filling out forums and just basically just trying to... Then I got an occupational therapist and we were working just a to-do list 
every day or even every couple of days a couple of things and ticking it off. Yeah. Because my mood just would not come up. No. It just would not. No matter how much lithium, no matter how much antidepressant. Well, I think your brain's got to recover from an episode. Mm. And each time it gets harder. Mm. Do you think that? Yeah. Because it took me, I got out of the hospital last March, and it's took me till the last few weeks to feel that my mood is actually getting to a place where I want it to be. Because mm-hmm. I was kind of not depressed, not happy, just existing. That's what I was doing, just existing. No living. Yeah. I mean, you're in recovery, they say, sobriety is to be enjoyed, not endured. And that's a big thing, I think, about people as well, that, you know, they're not having this constant battle with their head. So their option is to take drink or take drugs. And it only numbs it for a you've a got to, period of time and you've got to come back through it. You've got to come you've back got to deal with it. You've got to be able to deal with the demons, not hide from them, eh? Mm-hmm. And it's all about getting inside. It's an inside job. It's working through the inside out. No, it's clearing away all this stuff that you thought was right. The right way of thinking for years. When it wasn't, it was distorted thinking. And your brain has to be rewired slowly. A wee bit at a time. Learning you to live in the community and no taking drink and drugs. Mm. A lot of people with bipolar have that addiction problem as well. Yeah. Definitely. It's the highs and lows. They can't deal with the highs and lows. So they just think, well, I'll just drink my way or drug my way through it. And that's really not an option for me. So that's why I do my recovery, I do my meetings, and I see people. It's an alcohol, it's anonymous, and you know, I'm working my program, and that, that's five year, nine months. Um, the last time I had a drink. So it's just getting stronger now, just building on my self esteem because we suffer from low self esteem as well. Yeah. You know, I don't even I don't even know anybody well in my group of friends. If you say, Did you have a couple of drinks before you were you getting ready to go out? And the majority of them say yes. Mm. Because it's a, a it's a self esteem thing. Yeah, that was like my friend Jane. Because when we were younger, we used to have a wee drink before we went out. And I'm talking maybe 15, 16. Then, older. Jane never got out of that situation. Mm. She had to have a drink every day to get through the day. Mm. She was an alcoholic, but she never got any treatment for it or any help. Her father was an alcoholic too. It can run in families, can't Aye, it? it can run. It's hereditary. It's, it's proven that it's in your genes. You know, my my granddad was an alcoholic. My granny committed suicide when my mum was 17. And then on my other side, my dad's dad... What age was she then? She was, um, she was 52 or something. Right. And my dad's dad got run over by a bus when my dad was two, 
coming into the pub drunk to run into the bus with Hawk. Ran into the in the bus. He was killed instantly. So it is. It's an animal for the Irish as well. So it's. it's a it more goes with the territory. Aye, it's a more hereditary thing. Um, this has to be spoke about. I said, well, I was saying that when I was in the hospital. You give pills and you give that and you give that, but not one of you ever say you've got an alcohol problem mm. or you need to seek help for your alcoholism because a lot of people have got it. Yeah. And I was telling them when I was in the last time, I was shouting, you doctors ought to tell your patients that they're allergic to alcohol because they're. Yeah. I'm allergic to alcohol. That's why I can't have it. No. Nah. Thank God I didn't do it the day. I didn't think I'd be sitting here to tell the tale. But it does, more people do have to speak up, speak out about it and stop the stigma and pill shaming. You know, if you take pills, or that's the woman feeling that house. That's what they say. Mm. But it's okay to say she likes a drink. If you know what I mean, society accepts that. Aye. Mm -hmm. So what would I rather be in recovery and attend A and work on my programme and be sober and drinking and unstable with my mental health. You know the tablets do one tablets that I'm on cutiping does cause cause weight gain which I don't like but I would rather be a wee bit overweight and sound of sound mind. Definitely. Same. Soundness of mind. Um, than be insane and skinny. So I've tried that option and it didn't work. No. I was a size 6 in 2013, my 40th birthday. That's how, that's, I was a size 6. Did you have a problem with food as well? Aye. So you, did you just drink and instead in of eating? And in 2014, because I think about it, I bought a myself a blender, I was staying back with my mum and dad and I was just blending anything I could. I was putting, you, you know how they say that herbal tea is good for you? Well, I was putting actual tea bags in with what I was blending so that oh, I'll get the goodness out of that and I'll get the goodness out of that, but I couldn't physically eat. Yeah. No, and then that all happened, it just, everything just went Wait, doing her. And that's when I ended up in hospital. And what, so did something happen in 2014 in your life? No. No, no big life event or anything? No. About when did your dad die? Uh, 2017. 2017, yep. No, there was nothing happened then. No. no. My daughter was pregnant with my grandson. Um, he was June the 15th. Aye, he was June. Did she have him a day? Aye, he was June the 15th and um, 15th of June. And I went out on a Saturday night. That was the 13th of June. And that was the last time I drank alcohol. It was that night. And I got home in my bed, which is a miracle because I normally stand in the taxi right, looking for parties or who's like, who's got more drink and I never I got home with my mum and dad's that night 
So I believe that something was looking after me, fit to get me home, and aye, and that, and then my daughter had my grandson on the fifteenth. So I'll be six years sober on the fifteenth, on the thirteenth of June. And it's the thirteenth of April. Thirteen's mm. a lucky number, Claire. You know, in the kitchen, dining room of Hermitage Ward, what number room that was? Above the door? Is it 13? That is really weird because it put a lot of people off going in there and eating. People that were a bit, that were unwell, they wouldn't go in because that was room 13. Why did they do that? You wouldn't have noticed it was 13. It was just a wee disc above the door. Mm -hmm. Had some parties in there. Takeaways, me and Jordan. All the food arrives, everybody comes in. Staff are cracking up. I've got to thank the hospital, I really have. I used to think they were doing it for it to be horrible and... Well, I'm not... doing it for my own good. I'm not thankful it. because I don't think I should have been sent the way I was each time because I wasn't doing anything wrong and I didn't refuse to go. So I don't understand why I had to be sectioned and that then put a dampener on my stay because I was there against my will. But I wouldn't have refused to go. And the one time I did go, you were here. Mm -hmm. And I was given the chance to go voluntarily. But I didn't know what to do when I got there. How long do you stay? So I waited two weeks. And I said I'd like to leave now. And I got sectioned. <laughs> As they do. I've not even asked to leave. I only, I, 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 I only asked to leave because I only asked to leave because I thought I was fine. Mm -hmm. I have been so unwell that trouble leaving wasn't an option for me. I think I knew I had to be there. I don't know. I think sometimes the hospital made me worse because living here in isolation, then going there, being around lots of people, some of whom were really unwell, and there were things that went on. I don't know if you were there when there was a guy who was a former diver. He was in room one for the men's, mm -hmm. first room in the corridor, and set up a little shop. So basically you'd go with your orders, and people were ordering things like TVs and stereos. <laughs> and he had other people who were really unwell, and they would go out and buy the things. And he would take the money and take a slice of it. And the person going for it would get a couple of fags. We had this little shop going. You ever had a birthday in there? No, I was out for my birthday. I got out, uh, I don't know what year it was. Jane died six years ago. So what's that? Fifteen. 2015, 2016, January, I got out on my birthday and uh, I was told that oh, my cake had arrived, but it was frozen. 
I didn't hang around long enough to wait for it to defrost or other people eat it. And then on my birthday last year, I was in. And um, I got my cake. A strawberry gato, that's what you get. Uh -huh, that's right. <laughs> Whoopie do. But I much prefer the old hospital to the new one. Mm -hmm. I thought that was them. The new one's too clinical and the way they've got it set up with the open plan, living room, kitchen, there's no privacy mm -hmm. and there's always staff standing listening. Whereas in the old hospital, mm -hmm. you had the sitting room, you could shut the door with the telly on, the staff were next door, but they, could, they didn't know what was going on because I, I rebelled, I was smoking in there, in the, in the living room. Mm -hmm. And then they would come in, you've been smoking in here? No. And then we all ended up smoking because they wouldn't let us out for a cigarette. It's ridiculous. That's the thing that gets me. I was not allowed it. Every time I've been sectioned, when I've been manic, I'm not allowed it on my own for at least three weeks to a month. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. That's because I'm... And then you have to take two staff. Because I, I'm... You know what? I don't even know what's going to happen. Even, I think I got a wee bit scared that time there. When it was night three or four, you'd be manic. I was getting scared because I thought, no, my thinking is definitely off keel. It's, um, my thinking's not right at all. And um, I reached out to them for help. Yeah. And then when, you, when I get taken in, it's because I, I'm unpredictable with my behaviour. I can be shouting and bawling one minute and be nice as nice next. So they have to take that as a da I'm a danger to myself and others. See, I've never had that. My first time in a new hospital, when I eventually saw Dr Riddle, and I complained about my passes, he gave me two-hour passes. But I could go two hours, come back, go out for two hours, come back. That's when I damaged my feet because I just kept going out and walking for two hours at a time because I didn't want to be there. Mm. I don't know. I think something needs to be done about passes policy. It just seems a wee bit... They get it right sometimes and other times they don't. They give people like what they call standard passes and they're not well enough to be away all day on their own. Like Tony. As long as you came back, you were all right. They're not going to get it right a hundred percent of the time, are they? You know, it's a serious mental illness that they're trying to control. They didn't know what, what drugs is going to work for you. Like I've been on all concoctions, they all different drugs. I've been on a lot of drugs, a lot, and they um. Nearly six years, no, six years past December that I was diagnosed, and I've been on half that. When you go in the dispensary, half the medicine that's there, I've been on it in all different, all different ways, like lithium with quetiapine that morning. Now, then I was on Venlafax, Lamotrigine, Adipiprazole, hundreds. Depicult, sodium valproate, 
Yeah, I've not been in a lot of these things, but I know I did look at, I did suggest we try and sodium valparate, but my psychiatrist said that the side effect of that it can make you bald. Mm, that's right, my, yep, my hair was coming out in clumps. So I asked him if he'd been on it. <laughs> but lithium is meant to thin your hair as well. It can do. Mm. I've not found that. No, I've no fun. I've no. been on it off and I'm on since 1998. What photos that I was just looked at, I was looking at them all um, a couple of weeks ago. I've said to you one that you were out really thin. Mm. However, we're here now mm-hmm. and we're getting on with it. Yep. And what will be will be. Your higher power is looking after you. Definitely. Whether you want to say that as your dad, the angels, what you believe in, you believe in. Yeah, my dad. And I always go on about angels and death and God and all that when I'm high. There's some connection to the bipolar brain yeah. and all See, this I, I afterlife. Don't, God doesn't really um, come into my equation because... No. Um, I haven't forgiven him for taking my dad when he was 48. But I do believe in spirits and angels. Mm-hmm. And all these ethereal things and crystals and healing and... Yeah. Doesn't he mean we're witches, does it? No. In my spare bedroom I have rose quartz, a big stone, a middle-sized stone, a small stone. And I always have... Um, Incense burning and I meditate and, you know, it's everybody to their own. Yeah. Better that than drinking, eh? Mm. That beats that any day. Right. We'll leave that there then. Mm-hmm. Till the next time. Yes. <laughs>